Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're doing a series called Listening for God. And the reason why we've entered into this series really comes out of my own personal spiritual journey, which I realize is not just my journey, but actually is the journey of a lot of folks. We really want something more. We, we've come to church so many times now. We've, we've read God's Word. We've been involved with things. We even tell other people about Jesus. But yet inside of us, there's, there's like this emptiness that, the way things are, there's, there's not a fulfillment. And we hear stories. We hear stories of exciting things that God's doing in other people's lives or around the world. And we're like, wow, isn't that awesome? Wow. And we're like, we're happy for the stories, but then we're like, why doesn't that happen in my life? Why don't I see you doing that in my life, God? I, I want that. Don't we want that? Do you know what I'm saying? Why, why, why? Where's the disconnect? How come I didn't sign up for that? Because I thought I was signing up for that. And so that's really where this series was born out of. So last week, we identified that something was missing and that we should be looking for something more that's Jesus. Today we're going to talk about that we were created for more. you got to understand that. you got to understand that what we were created for was this more. We're going to talk about what the more is today. Because I'm going to be honest with you, when you understand what the more is, you realize that we've missed the boat that we have reduced down our spirituality, and that's what we are. All of you here, can I be honest with you, are reductionists. I'm a reductionist. You're a reductionist. What do you mean by that, George? Well, we like to reduce things down to steps. So I guarantee you that on a typical day, you go through a certain routine, don't you? Like you get up in the morning, you have the same routine. You either smash the alarm or you turn it off or you hit the snooze button about 16 times. Then you're rushing, you know, and thank goodness for the way that you, that you, you know, you make it to the sheets to get your coffee. You know, and all this stuff, you got your routine, right? Because we're reductionists. We want to reduce everything down to a certain thing. And we've reduced Christianity down to a certain thing. Prayer, Bible study, did I read the daily bread today? Did I not read it? Did I, did I pray before my meal? Did I go to church? Did I give? And we've reduced everything down. But we were created for something more. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. What is that? We don't know. We don't know. But yet there's the desire. In fact, I made, a, made some points here about the desire. Here, here's what I want you to see. When it comes to our faith, many have unspoken assumptions. When it comes to our faith, when it comes to our walk with Jesus, we have some unspoken assumptions that we're wrestling with. What do you mean by that? Well, when I say unspoken assumptions, they're, they're basically 
the conclusions that we've come to that we don't dare utter to anybody else. Because if we utter them, we might appear unspiritual. Or if we utter them, somebody may reprimand us. But we have these unspoken assumptions concerning faith. And a lot of it's because we have this emptiness within us. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have this emptiness within us. So like one unspoken assumption is, is we all know we should pray, right? We all know should we pray. If you go through a problem, what do you got to do? Pray. If you go through a problem, put it on the prayer wall. If you, if you go through a problem, pray. Tell others to pray. Okay, but here's the unspoken assumption. Don't expect anything. What do you mean, George? We come to that conclusion because we haven't seen prayers answered. But we would never say that out loud. We would never say that out loud because somebody might think something wrong of us. and We've got to have this persona, this perception of others that we're okay. See, here's the thing. When it comes to our faith, many have unspoken assumptions. That's just one. There could be many. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can have many assumptions here that you're carrying. Here's the second one. Our faith and our church practices do not satisfy the longing of our souls. Have you noticed that? Your walk, your faith, the things you do in your walk, in your personal time, you know, whether it's reading a daily bread or reading the scripture or praying, praying before a meal, taking some time out, your involvement in church, your giving. Have you noticed that a lot of times that doesn't really satisfy your soul? Even the things that we do as a church don't satisfy our souls. I think that's the reason why, can I be honest with you? It's a problem. Pastors are writing about it, blogging about it, talking about it, podcasting about it. The attendance in churches is decreasing. It's not just happening in our church. It's happening in all churches. What's going on? It's, it's that it doesn't satisfy the longing of our souls. It's not meeting our needs. But yet there's that desire for more. So maybe it's somewhere else. And I'm convinced, you know, it's, it's, it's especially, I think it's, you can start to see it a little bit now, even in our rural setting here, but especially in, in cities, people bounce from one church to another looking for something. And, and it, it's because they're looking for something to satisfy their souls. Because our faith and our church practices are not satisfying that. Here's the final thing. We're, we are left with a question of what is missing and where do we find it. That's what we're left with. We've got this emptiness. We don't really know what it is because I'll, I'll be flat out honest with you. Most preachers can't tell you what it is because they got it too. We're, we're, we're left with this quest, with questions of what's missing and then where do I find it? And so one guy comes along and says, here, it's found in this experience. As long as, if you experience this experience in the spirit, then that'll satisfy you. I'm going to tell you right now, they've got the same problem in churches that are experiencing it in the spirit. It's not satisfying the longing. But there's that desire for more. So you say, okay, George, did you like all of a sudden become the expert now? Did you all of a sudden figure out what it is? No, it's not that. It's just that in my journey, I began, you have to go back to the beginning. 
What do you mean the beginning? 50 years ago when you were born? No, 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 no. We got to go back even further. How about 6,000 years ago when everything was created? Because when you realize when we were created, there was something there that got messed up. Something there that got messed up that, well, let's read it together. We're going to talk about when things were perfect. So notice with me, chapter 2, if you're in the Bible, if you want to know where that is, just open your Bible, very first book, Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 15 through 22. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree and of the garden you may eat freely. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought it to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So the Lord gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and for every beast of the field, But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Here's what I want you to see from the very beginning that's going to help us to understand what's missing. The point is, is this. We were created to be relational beings. We were created to be relational beings. In the beginning, there was one relationship. There was God and man. God, the creator, created man. Now, here's what happened. God looked at man, and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created for man a woman. The two became one flesh, and the two were made whole. There was a wholeness in the relationship. So there was God, the relationship with God, and man and woman. We were created to be relational. Every one of you here, can I be honest with you, is a relational person. You might be here and you might be saying, no, I'm not. I don't like people. I'm a loner. Nobody here is a loner. You have to talk to somebody. You have to interact with somebody. Because if you don't, you go crazy. Do you understand what I'm saying? You become dysfunctional. Every single one of you is relational. Now, here's what I want you to understand. You say, okay, well, wait a minute now, George. Yeah, I am relational. Yes, I I am married. I have a relationship with my spouse. I have kids. I interact with them. I have my family. I have friends. But I'm still empty. That's because something went wrong. 
Because have you noticed, I've noticed this, I've been married now for Lori 23 years. Even though I have a relationship with Lori, and even at its best, something is still missing. Have you noticed that? So the something, the more that I'm looking for, she can't fulfill it. Let me just stop. Let me help you. Help you here. If you're trying to get your spouse to fulfill the more, you are on a fruitless, meaningless journey. She will not or he will not fulfill it. Just being honest with you. And if you try to make them fulfill it, you're going to create problems. So don't get mad at them and say, well, you're not meeting my needs. They're not going to be able to meet it. Clue in. They're not going to be able to meet it. Because they weren't created to meet all your needs. Do you understand me? Okay. Relationship counseling aside. Let's move on. So we were created to be relational beings. But here's what I want you to see. So what's missing, George? Well, chapter 3, we won't go into chapter 3. We're just going to, if you flip over to chapter 3, we're going to look at a couple of verses, and I'm going to tell you what's missing. Now, chapter 3 is the chapter that describes where Adam and Eve messed up, where Adam and Eve sinned against God, and the consequences you and I have been living with ever since. She ate, he ate, problems, judgment, death. But there's something that comes out of these verses that kind of tells you what's missing. Look with me at verse 8 and 9, chapter 3. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called out to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Here's the point I want you to see. The Lord personally interacted with Adam and Eve. The Lord personally interacted with Adam and Eve. Folks, you were created to be a relational being. You weren't just created to be a relational being, to have a relationship with other human beings and to have the ultimate relationship with a man and spouse together. You were created to be a relational being, not just with other human beings. You were created from the beginning, even before he created a woman, to have a relationship with God. Because God personally interacted with them every day. He created a perfect garden, put two two human beings in it, not just to have a relationship with each other, not just to have a relationship with the world around them, but for him to come and walk with them on a daily basis. I'm going to submit to you that what's missing, listen to me, what's missing in the midst of all of our church stuff, in the midst of all of your, quote, religious exercises, what's missing that you're trying to fulfill with all the stuff that life has to offer that's not a fulfilling thing, burgers, food, sex, drugs, alcohol, work, hobbies, TV. What's missing is a personal interaction with the living God. I didn't say relationship because even that can get clouded. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you can make your relationship with Jesus just a set of exercises. 
which, can I be honest with you, let's think about human relationships. How does that work? Okay, Lori, it's Friday. I've got to spend five minutes with you. Hey, how you doing? How's things going? Oh, i got to go. Got something else to do. Oh, Lori sent me an email. Better read it. Kind of read. Okay, got to move on. What did she write? I don't know. But she said, I just read it. Now you're laughing. That's ridiculous. How far am I going to get in my relationship with Lori? I'm going to get ice. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get coldness. Because I'm not interacting with Lori. Now you're saying, that's pretty ridiculous. Well, don't we do that with God? I've got five minutes. And even then we're distracted. Like, have you ever had, I mean, my wife is driven nuts if I'm sitting there and I'm talking to her and I got the iPad in front of me. Put the iPad down, George. Did you hear what I just said? Uh, uh, uh. But we do that with God, don't we? And, but yet we have a relationship with him. See, we were created for more. But sin messes it up. Sin messes it up. Let, let, let's go on. We're going to look at some other. We're going to look at some other passages now of Scripture to help us to understand. But listen, here's the final point I want to make here before I move on. The understanding of an intimate relationship with God is lost to us. That's just the bottom line. The understanding of an intimate relationship with God is lost to us. We don't talk about that in church. We don't talk about that at all. We talk about the benefits of that, but we don't talk about that. In fact, when you share the gospel, here's what we talk about. You pray this prayer. Jesus will save you, and your sins are forgiven. Can I be honest with you? That's pretty lame. Because there's a whole lot more to it than that. It's understanding who he is and understanding that you now have a relationship with him because of what he did for you. And because of that relationship, you are forgiven. We've left out something, haven't you? The reason why we left it out is because it's lost to us. No wonder nobody's interested. No wonder nobody's interested. So let's look at some things here. Let's understand the more. First thing I want you to see here as we understand the more is this. Understanding the more. Scripture bears witness of the intimate relationship with God. Because you might be here and you're saying, okay, George, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not sure if I really trust what you're saying or if I believe it. Well, hey, how about if I show you some things from the Scripture? How about if I show you some different people from the Scripture? Same book, Genesis, just flip over to chapter 5, okay? Verse 24, we're going to read about a guy named Enoch. Here's what it says about Enoch. Enoch lived, excuse me, verse 21, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. He begot Methuselah. Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. Now the days of Enoch... We're 365. Now, here's verse 24. Here's what I want you to see. Very first thing. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, 
for the Lord took him. Now, that word walked is not just that he was just cruising along in life. That word walk talks about an intimate relationship with God. Okay, well, that's just one verse, George. Now, let's continue on. Flip over a little bit with me now to chapter 18. This is one that people will remember because this is where God condemned Sodom. I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the personal interaction that Abraham has with God. Look with me at verse 17 through 19. Listen to what the Lord says. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall bless him. Now look with me, verse 19. Here's what I want you to see. For I have known him. The word known there points to, are you ready to me for this? An intimate relationship. Okay, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. We well, say, oh, well, you know, hey, he knows him. He knows, he knows me. You know. No, no, it's an intimate relationship. It, it's a word denoting an intimate relationship. Okay, so let's say we have, a, we have a person, we have an imaginary person over here. And uh, her name is Broomhilda. I chose Broomhilda as a name so that nobody can say, oh, he's talking about me. No, I'm not. I'm talking about Broomhilda, okay? She just comes in the church today, and I get to know her. What does that mean? I make introduction. Hi, my name's George. Your name's Broomhilda. What shall we call you? Broom? Hi, Broom. How you doing? Where do you live? Oh, you live in Clearfield County. Where? Over on this street. Oh, I've been by there. It's nice to meet you. I hope you have a great time. Do you know Broomhilda? Oh, I just met her. That's a level of knowledge, right? Now, over here is Lori. Do I know Lori? Do I know Lori, folks? I know her to a point. Well, my son just said no. <laughs> I'm not going to be mad at him because there's a level of truth to what he just said. Okay? There's a level of truth, right? Okay. But do I have more knowledge of Lori than I do of Broom? I called it Broom, didn't I? Okay, Broomhilda. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Why? Because I interact with Lori. 23 years of been 25 years of interacting with Lori. Do you understand what I'm saying? When he talks about here, I know him, he's not talking about like I know Broom. He's talking about knowing Abraham because he interacts with Abraham. Here's the other one. Let's go, go over one more book to Exodus. Go over one more book. We're going to look at one more guy here. Exodus. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Whoa! God, do you think that's a relationship? 
God speaks to him face to face as he would, what? A man. You say, okay, now wait a minute. All right, I see it, I see it, George, but that's the Old Testament. In fact, that's just Genesis and Exodus. Come on, that's not, this is today, this is the modern world. This is the internet age. We got Jesus now, things are different. Really? That brings me to my next point. Salvation calls us to this intimate relationship. See, this is what's missing, folks. You have an you have a deficient understanding of what you were saved for. To most people, what they're saved for is heaven later on. For most people, what they're saved for is forgiveness of sins, the removal of shame. For most people, what they're saved to is, is being a part of a church and all that comes with that. What they have missed is, is that you've missed the reality of what you were saved to. And what you were saved to is a renewed relationship with God that's intimate. How do you know that? Well, take your Bibles. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. We're going to look at the last part of that verse, if you want to turn there. And here's what he says. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word called there is a reference to your salvation. You could change the words to say this, by whom you were saved into fellowship of Jesus Christ. Now that word fellowship is from the Greek word koinonia. What does that mean, George? Well, here's what it means. Koinonia is not just a meeting someone. Hi, my name's George, and, and, and it's good to meet you. Your name, what's your name? Brad. Okay, nice to meet you, Brad. Okay, that's not koinonia. All right, that's not fellowship. What fellowship is, having coffee with Brad and finding out what's going on in Brad's life, or him finding out what's going on in my life. Koinonia means an intimate, are you ready for this? An intimate relationship. That's what fellowship is here. You were called or saved into, are you listening to me? This is what Paul's saying here in 1 Corinthians. Saved into an intimate relationship with Jesus. I'm going to, here's what I'm going to submit to you for you to digest. Folks, what's missing from our faith and our church practices is this. An intimacy with Jesus, with the living God. Getting to know him and him getting to know us. That's what's missing. And we try to fill it with everything. Oh, get busy for Jesus. I'll volunteer for this. I'll do all this stuff. I'll give more. I'll, do, I'll, I'll read my Bible 600 times in a year. First of all, that's impossible, okay? It's an exaggeration. But we think all of that's going to, quote, fill the need, fill the void. It's not. 
It's interacting with Jesus. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.